Welcome to the September 2019 edition of Bookplate. Find us on the web at foreveryoungadult.com. Join a book club chapter in your area or start your own by visiting us online and clicking on the book club link at the top. Don't forget to check out our monthly themed wallpaper created by graphics goddess Mandy C, which is always featured at the top of the page. I'm Annie, and in this, I think I'm probably like the roommate who doesn't get to have any fun. Hmm. Kira. Yeah. I was like, yeah, we can talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) Forgot to think about, yeah, who I am in this book. I'm Britt and I am, I'm either the roommate or I'm like one of the creatures in the ice. I could be the ice dragon. Oh, the ice dragon. Yeah. I don't know. I'll think about it. Come back to it. Maybe by the end, I'll figure it out. (laughs) For book plate, we always start with our amuse-bouche, which gives us a little bit about what we're sinking our teeth into today. And for Warcross, it is this. Amika Chen is a young bounty hunter with rainbow hair living in New York City. About to be kicked out of her apartment, she she risks hacking the world's favorite virtual game, Warcross. In her partial success, she is exposed to the world and the game's creator, who instead of arresting her, invites her to Tokyo to solve a high-tech mystery (laughs) and play the game herself. (laughs) As one does. And this is by Marie Lu. Mm -hmm. She has had, I was reading up on this, she's had two other series where her books are dystopian futures, and it says this is not, but I'm like, this is kind of dystopia. I don't know who wrote that. I mean, it's not like everything's destroyed, but... I guess it's more sci-fi, but... It's dystopian sci-fi. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, especially by the end. Yes. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. (laughs) Next is our other cover take. So this is where we ask our significant others what they think. I showed the book to Jamal, and he said, futuristic double-crossing hacker game. All right. Pretty accurate. Yeah, pretty accurate. Garrett said that his first thought was Hunger Games or Ender's Game. Like some kind of situation where there's a group of teens fighting to the death. And he was looking at the way that the words are intertwined um, in the title. And so he said that makes him think that it's like a war that's been going on for years. Hmm. Which, I mean, Hideo Tanaka's like own personal war has been going on for years. <laughs> True. <laughs> Player, hunter, hacker, pawn. I'm not super drawn in by the cover, but I I like the rainbow. Yeah. I think that maybe speaks to the fact that like the data makes these incredible worlds, but it definitely, it gives you a sense of like action for sure, even without any action happening. Yeah. I guess there's like dripping happening. So our next bit is the appetizer and I have here anything cheap from a box. Emika is pretty poor. The author does a whole bit about like how poor she is, like all the different things that she doesn't have and like all the different ways she has not been able to like make money to support herself and all the different reasons. And right before we get our first glimpse of Warcross, Amika is basically making ramen and Mm -hmm. like has not eaten anything not from a box in a long time. The topic is a not so distant future with bounty hunters. Yeah. (laughs) Part of the reason why I think this is dystopia is we get little commentary about how bad it is. Mm -hmm. We get commentary about how 
some of the cities are underwater and there's so much crime the police can't actually fight it Which all. Which is why there are bounty hunters. Yes. Yeah. So I and then I was I didn't do my research this morning when I was making this but like do the police use bounty hunters now? I don't know. I mean I know there's like Dog the Bounty Hunter, which was a TV show. But I felt like, see, this says, okay, Wikipedia says bail enforcement agent, bail agent, recovery agent, bail recovery agent, or fugitive recovery agent. Historically existed in many parts of the world. I mean, if there's a reward for someone's capture, there's going to be people competing over it. Right. Probably. So. And usually when there's a reward for someone's capture, that's like a very high end criminal, right? Mm -hmm. Someone who's like, on a most wanted list or has like done enough crimes that other rich people want to capture them for money Mm -hmm. while incarceration and and policing is like a high has a lot of money tied up in it a lot of that money is private so I just don't know I I just don't know enough how bounty hunting works but I was like letting a 16 year old bounty hunt doesn't seem like it would exist she's 18 her first the first time she bounty hunts she's 16 so what were the two years where she wasn't allowed on a computer how old was she then yeah 14 to 16 maybe it must yeah it's (laughs) like the setup's a little not flimsy but just like not there's a lot of telling and not showing yeah and so she just like gives us sentences that i'm like okay i guess i just take that as truth even though it doesn't quite make sense to me yeah do you want to talk about why she can't get on a computer sure there was a girl at her high school who i don't think she was friends with but also her name was annie which i took offense to. <laughs> it was fine i was like poor annie yeah <laughs> but like annie didn't really have any friends and she'd like sit in a corner of the library to eat her lunch and blah 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 and some entitled boy took a video of annie showering at or a photo or something at her own house and like posted it on the internet for everybody to see and she got bullied out of school basically she had dropped out like a week later and amika who's a hacker downloaded like or whatever hacked into everybody's information who had shared the photo like students teachers whatever and then posted it all i love the harry potter references in this Mm. book because she's a a potter fan um so she posted it and she called the post trolls in the dungeon (laughs) and everything exploded and she had to go to like juvenile detention and was banned from touching a computer for two years and then later we find out that she didn't actually get caught she confessed because people were blaming annie yeah she didn't want the girl to get yeah in more shit than she already was. So. I thought there was like a, I couldn't quite tell why Annie was being bullied, but I had a feeling that it was like her appearance, mm. which is why the images would be. I mean, it sucks to have someone take a picture of you showering, like, especially as a young person. But I was like, I felt like there was some body image stuff there that wasn't stated, mm. but implied. And that also made me feel a certain type of way. Yeah. But anyway, that's why she couldn't touch a computer. But somehow she's still really good at computers. <laughs> <laughs> like the best. Yeah, um, there were definitely a lot of tropes, like YA tropes in here, like orphan, parent, you know, yes. no parents, like sort of being a sort of the chosen one. Yes. Um, like uncannily good computer hacking skills. <laughs> also like 
so beautiful she could have been a model yeah that was just sort of dropped in there as like a side note she was like oh yeah it was like this one time when uh you know i was scouted by a modeling agency we went to like new york fashion week what and then it just is not mentioned anywhere else again (laughs) like okay (laughs) there's a lot of weird little tidbits like that yeah and the rainbow hair because okay this is i'm gonna try to say this without sounding like an asshole the Emika Chen, the main character, is Chinese, and she ends up going to Tokyo. So a lot of like the setting and the imagery, and like when I was imagining it, it's a lot of the people on the ground are Japanese. And one of the things about Japan, at least when I was there, and that is acknowledged, is how a lot of people dress very similarly. She talks about how people stand out, and maybe that's part of like the distant future. You know the. Harajuku area and all that stuff and their fancy costumes and this and that but when you're like on the train in Japan like everyone's in the same business attire right and like same style and everything so I thought giving her the rainbow hair was one of the only ways to have her be identifiable just like on the street Mm. because otherwise I felt like she might just blend in if she kind of like looked very similar to everyone else, especially if they've only seen her for like half a second on the screen, how do you then recognize that person on the street? I mean, I'm bad at recognizing folks. So maybe other people would be like, Oh, I remember that face because I have photographic memory or whatever, but it would be really, I would be really hard pressed to be like, Oh, I saw someone on that on TV for half a second. And then I recognize them on the street. They captured her image though. It wasn't just like, true a fleeting image and then she disappeared like they her photo was plastered everywhere it was in tabloids it was on billboards like that's true so people had time to memorize her face probably i'm probably just really bad at facial recognition because i think like even if i everyone's like oh i've had people be like oh that's so and so and i'm like how did you pick them out in the crowd like there's just no way for me to be able to do that so that that was hard i was like okay we'll give her the rainbow hair then of course she's the girl with rainbow hair and it's really (laughs) easy to track her Mm. The main course that I have up here is my very own Italian restaurant. <laughs> so Britt mentioned Hideo Tanaka. Do you want to talk about him? Yeah, I definitely got strong Ready Player One vibes from this book. Like the whole virtual reality world that is, you know, you exist in the real world, but you could be spending all your time in this virtual world. And the creator... I can't remember the creator's name in Ready Player One, the guy who creates the... Oh, I don't remember. I'm not yeah. going to know off the top of my head. Yeah, but just he reminded me a lot of Tanaka, except that he, the guy in Ready Player One, like set it up like a game, like where he wanted people to discover like his Easter eggs and things like that. And then, I don't know, like he wanted people to kind of take advantage and find the little details and sort of this and that. And it feels like Tanaka wanted to keep people from doing that, but also still like using it and enjoying it. But yeah, so he is like this young billionaire who like creates this virtual reality program and at 14. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Because his, his, his brother is lost. Yeah. So he creates this whole entire world to find his brother. Yeah. Cause his brother was like kidnapped or, whatever as a kid disappeared when they were playing in the park one day and so now like everything he does is for him or to find him or yeah so he obsessively creates this world and like 
at first when we learn about Warcross, it's like, oh, well, what he really wants people is using the link. So he creates this game to get people interested. Mm -hmm. Again, this book is like very telly. So everyone's just like 90% of people are into it. And I was like, even with soccer, where a lot of the world really likes that game, I just am really hard pressed to think that there would be one singular game that would be so interesting to everyone that 90% of the world will be watching it. I don't know. I think humans are just too diverse for that. I'm maybe it's because of the Harry Potter comparisons oh. in the book, but I'm thinking of Quidditch. That's like, I'm there. I'm sure there's probably other sports maybe in the magical world, but like Quidditch is like the thing. So I don't know. I think about that. Cause I'm like the thing used to be baseball. Right. But like people find baseball boring now. This is us focused. Then the thing used to be football, and now a lot of folks no longer watch football. Maybe it's football. more like the Olympics. That Okay. Because it's worldwide. Like, people that from different countries are competing and representing America, representing okay. France is so-and-so. If I think about it like that, that makes more sense. Yeah. Because, like, soccer is what I was, like, referencing the most. And, like, okay, we have all these different teams. And, like, I don't watch soccer. I mean, I know people who do, but, like, I found that shit boring. <laughs> I mean, maybe if they were riding dragons, I'd be way more interested. <laughs> but I was just, like, there's someone out there who doesn't want to ride dragons. Yeah. You know, I think even in the virtual fantasy world, I feel like there's always pushback about, like, there's people who just want to watch soccer. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I, yeah. I was having a hard time with like 90%. I just don't think 90% of this, of the amount of people in this world do anything similar besides like eat and go to the bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, the tropes Britt already mentioned is like meeting your crush aisle plucked from the field, the chosen one. I even read compare. I didn't read 50 shades of gray, so I don't know how accurate this is, but I also read like some reviews that compared this book to Fifty Shades of Grey just in the character of Hideo Tanaka how he's like the sort of young rich angry man who like takes an interest in this girl and you know whines and dines and woos her and throws money at her to win her over kind of thing I mean he is absolutely built up as like the as perfect yeah he is super attractive. He is super rich. This this book is very visual heavy and also very like traditional traditional fashion heavy. They talk about the brands that they have access to mm-hmm. once they're playing, like Givenchy, Gucci, all this stuff. You know, it's very much like rich people showing off wealth. And one of the way you do that is through like the way you dress and the way you look and the way you present yourself. That was also kind of giving me Hunger Games vibes too. Like mm. the very stark difference between the people in the capital and then like the people in District 12. Right. Yeah. So like Amika before she gets absorbed into this world of like fame and luxury or whatever, you know, she's barely like managing to live like even paycheck to paycheck sounds like not quite right. No. Because she's. It's based on her bounty catches. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah, and there's a whole, the first time she meets him, she's, like, embarrassed about her jeans. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I felt like there was no real commentary on that. It was just, like, once she had access to the money, it was great. Yeah. (laughs) You know? And I was just, like, the concentration of wealth, like, there was no real discussion about that. But there is mentions about, like, how poor people are, how there's no jobs, why there's so many people on the street. Like, the reason she has to be a bounty hunter is because... They're making AI waitresses, like mm-hmm. a classic low-level entry job, which, you know, people have access to. And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden you can't do service work, right? Yeah. 
but there was no critique or commentary on it. It was mm-hmm. just stated as fact. Okay. I couldn't really tell what the main focus of the book was. I thought it was going to be Warcross and I was like, oh, it's just going to be Hunger Games. But I was actually like way more interested in the gameplay of Warcross than I was with the like. The world. Yeah. Or with her like spy machinations. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't care about Zero. <laughs> I didn't care about whatever. And then we go into the dark world. Oh, I have that. I have that up next. Well, we can start going into that. For dessert is mochi. <laughs> so the actual game of Warcross, that was the part I was most interested in. Yeah. And I thought I was going to be bored by it, but like, it's cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the dark world, the dark cross games, like she's built this whole like shadow world as well. They're like, of course, with anything, there's always the the shadow world underneath. And I was like, of course, <laughs> I guess. But there's even like dark cross games and different players and like the the gambling people aren't supposed to gamble on it. And I was like, I don't know. I feel like in the not so distant future, people will be gambling will be more legal than it is now. Mm. I mean, people are basically gambling on politics already with like the the way people invest in the stock market and stuff like that. And like that's how pe- that's how rich people make their money. And And again, it's just like stated. It's not explained. Yeah. So I was like, how, if he's so good at security and all of this stuff, how does this whole entire world thrive without them shutting it down? Right. And if he's concerned about the person coming after him, why doesn't he just like shut down that part of the net, the neural net? Yeah. You have to be able to see, like, if everyone's logging on to access the Warcross stuff, when that's not happen- happening, you have to be able to like, look at the traffic on your system and be like, oh, why are all these people on um, uh, like using these nodes right now? What are these people doing? Let's look at their data. Oh, they're creating some sort of like dark, you know, world. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know how hacking works, but I mean, like there's a lot of like putting up shields and creating fake identities and masks and this and that, which I guess is like to explain that away. It just seems like we're supposed to take it at face value a little bit. There's no actual technical explanation. Yeah. So if somebody who is interested in computer programming yeah. looks at this and wants a technical explanation, that does not exist. Yeah. Like I know nothing about it. So I'm like, all right, sounds all right to me. It sounds legit. But like somebody who actually knows about computer stuff and hacking might be like, this is just like buzzwords thrown around. Like at one point she said there was, uh, what was it? It was like a file uh, that she couldn't hack or something from zero. And then later it was like, I opened, or when she gets the other half of the file from the guy from the other team, who's like the other bounty hunter. um, she's like, I didn't override and ran it anyway. It's like, but you just said you couldn't do it. So why couldn't you do that before? I don't know. Just a lot of stuff that seems to be like, oh, this is, it's convenient yes. here and there or whatever. But I thought it was a good story, like adventure wise. There was like some, some twists and turns and things that I definitely didn't see coming. There's a total cliffhanger ending. Yeah, which, ugh. which basically <laughs> forces you to read the second book. Yeah, I know, which I'm about to. <laughs> it's a duology though, not a trilogy. So there's that. I don't know, but it, it kept me invested. You just have to suspend disbelief, or yeah, for some stuff. Yes, you have to be like, okay, this is just this how is just it the works. way that the world yeah. is. Yeah. I was grumpy about it. <laughs> I also just finished the second one and I like just continued to get grumpier. Oh no. <laughs> it's, I don't want to 
Yeah. I mean, the second book is basically like not about the game at all. It's about all the background stuff. Mm-hmm. About the history of Hideo and his family and and how that all works out. And mm-hmm. so if you're interested in that part of the character, like then it makes sense. And then but like they introduce someone, they introduce like a new villain just to kind of kill them off. Everyone you think might die doesn't actually die. I was like, be like, kill somebody. Just like, <laughs> do it. Be brave. You have a lot of characters. Yeah. Somebody could die. Like, yeah. I don't know. I never really got sad. There, It was kind of just all similar emotional feeling for me. I never like really got sad or really got invested in anyone. It was kind of just like one note. The action is good, though. Yeah. I just wish we actually got to play more of the Warcross game. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot going on. I could definitely see how this is, like, built for a film also. I think that's going to be. Yeah. 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 It would be a really dope movie, like, visually, for sure. Although, well, I mean, Ready Player One was good. It wasn't great. Oh, they did such a bad job. <laughs> I thought they did such I a bad was okay. job. okay. I couldn't even finish it. The movie? No. Yeah. So maybe I, maybe I speak too soon. I don't know. <laughs> no, but <laughs> about the Warcross movie. But I mm. hope they do a good job. Yeah. I think. I mean, I love that YA authors are getting these opportunities and yeah. having these and getting like the recognition and the stories because because these are new stories instead of like rehashing stuff. Like I'm totally for that, but some of them they have not done great on. Yeah. That is true. Do you want to talk about drinks? Sure. For drinks, we have strawberry sodas served by the drone butler. The drone butler was maybe my favorite character. Yeah. Wiki. <laughs> Wiki. Also- <laughs> There's a lot of good names for things in this book, too. Mm-hmm. Wiki, who like tries to figure out what everyone's favorite thing is and then serves it to you. I was like, I like that idea. I was a little confused because at one when she hacked into Wiki, she went into her her like secret profile or whatever but then it still gave her a strawberry soda so like did she go back to her visible profile or does it know like good question yeah because <laughs> when she like hacked into it to get everybody's preferences or whatever and then she said she got another strawberry soda and it like added the point to her like mm. points i'm like wait but uh, maybe because it can see her i don't know i don't know yeah that's a good question also, I think I'm going to be hammy in this book. She was great. She's kind of a badass. Yeah. She's total badass. <laughs> she was super fun and a good, like, friend character. Yeah. I felt there was a lot of, like, people who were introduced and, like, we got a lot of information about them and then they weren't really used. Yeah. But, yeah, for drinks, I have Neuralink as control device. And we kind of already mentioned the twist ending. But, of course, actually, I was talking to some people about this recently. And I was like, yeah, I'm reading this book right now where everybody uses this AI world. And then it turns out they just want to use it to control people's minds. And the person I was talking to, he was like, oh, yeah, the usual. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm thinking like divergent. Right. Because they. um, uh, What is it? I don't know. Whatever the thing they. I didn't finish that. Oh, really? Does that happen in the second book? No. The first one at the end of the first one, they. um, I can't remember what it was. I haven't read it in a while, but it was something that they implanted or no it was the serum that they used to like run the simulations or whatever but people who were divergent were like 
immune to it or whatever oh. but like the serum that they injected like just turned people into like robots basically oh, and shit. like mind control so yeah except for the divergent people who had to just like pretend mm. in order to like not get killed and not stand out but yeah i mean i i kind of like i like that he hideo wasn't like this untouchable god like you could you could see how like his good intentions just became this like twisted idea of what he thinks is right. And I thought that was really interesting to like not keep him as this like hero on a pedestal, but also not make him like evil. Like you can see the logic in where he's going with this. Like my brother was kidnapped as a child, so I'm going to make it so nobody can ever do crime again. It'll be great. (laughs) And it's like, um, yeah, you're taking away everybody's free will, but also I get it. Like you were, that was really traumatizing for you. You were nine and your brother just disappeared and your parents never talked about him. You felt like it was your fault. So I don't know. I think Marie Lou is good at writing like antiheroes because mm. her other uh, series. Legend. Not Legend. I haven't read that one yet. Mm. It's on my list. I can't remember what it's called. Oh, it called? Midnight Star was the third one. Okay. I can't remember. It. The Rose Society or something. <laughs> But like, Was it similar style of writing in the other ones? Um, I don't know. I read it a while ago. Like action, action, action. There's a lot of action, yeah. The Young Elites? Yes, The Young Elites. Yeah, so there's a really... The main character is like a really good anti-hero. So like, you know, not evil, like good intentions, but you see where it's going wrong. So I thought that was really well done in this book. Like Tanaka's character. Not being like purely good or evil. Yeah. And it gets even more complicated in the second book. Yeah. But yeah, I think that, I mean, that is definitely like a young person's reaction to some things. Like you see an injustice in the world and then you're like, I know what's right. I'm going to make it right. Mm -hmm. You know, I used to think that when I was younger and now as I get older, I'm like, but right according to me isn't right for everyone, Mm -hmm. you know? So yeah, I thought it was interesting that he when he was explaining it to to Amika and he's like you know now there's no human error to decide what's right or wrong like the algorithm's going to decide and she's like but you're in charge of the algorithm and that's an argument that i see a lot is like people debating whether or not like technology can be biased and like yes it can because it's created by humans like and i think we've talked about this yes. before but like For example, like automatic paper towel dispensers, like sometimes don't see my hand. But if I like hold up white paper towel in my hand and then put my hand under it, it'll see it. Yep. Like things like that. Yeah. So because there's well, I mean, specifically about that, there are so few black people making technology and in the technology. It's literally like under two percent in tech uh, jobs. So like the people making the technology are not making the technology for everyone. They don't have everyone's perspective or experience in it. And like facial recognition, I think was it in China where like people were able to get into each other's phones, like (laughs) via facial recognition. It's like, yeah. So tech can be biased because people are behind it. So even though there's this ideal of like wanting it to be uh, an inhuman, you know, impartial judge or whatever, there's still a human mind behind it. I find that really interesting. Like, why do we want the impartial judge? You know, I really like one of the things that we've seen that has kind of failed us miserably in the justice uh, community is these mandatory minimum sentences. When judges are given mandatory minimum sentences, they actually can't look at the full case and make decisions based on like 
the reality of what's happening. And that Mm -hmm. doesn't let you look at the full picture. It just puts it in. And we know that police are biased Mm -hmm. and the percentage of people that get caught up in the justice system is much higher representative of minorities and and for no good reason other than the fact that we have humans policing and then you get into the the sentencing part and judges can't even like do any restorative justice because they're required to do these mandatory minimum sentences it increased the incarceration rate exponentially when people put that in and the judges don't like it because like you're a judge you're supposed to be able to look at everything and take Mm -hmm. everything in and make a decision based on the full picture and that's going to be different for every person's story that's literally what we're that's our legal right living in this democracy is to have your individual story and case looked at by you know a judge who can look at everything and not someone else dictating what that decision is yeah I'm just thinking about this as a teacher like when I was in grad school um, for my credential program one of the things one of the strategies that we learned was fold down the corner of the test that has a kid's name on it so you don't know who's your grading to like eliminate unconscious bias which could work to a degree but I'm thinking about now with my students like I have one kid who needs to use like manipulatives to add and subtract so like he needs to use um like a wreck and wreck which is kind of like an abacus like yeah or counters to like physically count them out so on his i'll see him like using the counters and then writing down the answer so on the test he doesn't show his work mm. but i've seen his work because i see that he is like using the tools but if i were like not looking at his name i would say oh this kid didn't show their work that's minus however many points mm. right but if i know that that's that kid i'm like oh well he did the work he just didn't write it down he's showing it a different way you know, so it doesn't always, we want to think that it can work like that, but it doesn't. Like, you need to take in the whole picture. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that's something we all deserve, right? Yeah. Is to be seen as an individual and not just, like, one more type of X or one more part of A. You know, it's just, like, yeah, that's how that's how we get the most, I mean, that's how we get the most out of life is that people really see you and really understand and know the background. Yeah. Putting everyone in the same category doesn't do that. It also, it makes sense for him to think that way since he was so young when this happened. That really is like an, a childish yeah. response to like this one injustice. Like, I'm just going to make it so. Every, like, just as a second grade teacher, like kids are very concerned with like fairness. I'm like, well, that's not fair. That's not fair. Blah, blah, blah. So it just, I can see like him as this kid being like, that's not fair. I'm going to make it so it's fair. And like fair doesn't mean the same thing for everyone. Right. Like I have kids who need to sit in their chair when the rest of the class comes to the rug and like it might not look fair. Like, oh, how come he gets to sit in his chair? Because if he's on the rug, he will be crawling around and distracting himself and me and everybody else. If he's in his chair, he can like bounce his feet and stay focused. Mm -hmm. Right. So, yeah, it makes sense in like a twisted way that he would think like, well, this is the fair thing. Everybody's going to nobody will be allowed to commit crimes. And but there's no nuance right Right. so like if you are speeding because you need to get your like pregnant wife to the hospital because she's about to give birth like you physically can't drive any faster like you can't run that red light like even you know what I mean like there's no room for exceptions or anything like that I mean and there are probably people who think exceptions are are not fair but it's like well I mean that's I don't know I just think we're dri- we are driving in technology this to this place where like 
it's impartial. Mm-hmm. It'll it'll be able to tell us things about ourselves that we can't know about ourselves. And like anything we make is only going to tell us what we've built into it. Mm-hmm. It's just going to be a mirror that we made. Yeah. I do want to say there are some things in hiring practices where I think like removing someone's name is interesting. We're it's it's for the biased reason. Yeah. In hiring now, our HR department, we don't look at names. And the other thing we don't look at is the school that they went to. That's interesting. Because there were a lot of folks like, oh, you know, like the Stanford judge with Brock Turner. He was like, oh, he went to Stanford. He can't be that bad of a guy. Like that is a feeling that people literally have. Right. (laughs) Because in some cases, like, yeah, that is better. Like, and it will like lead to being more impartial. And then sometimes like you need to take into account like more. Oh, the other, what was the other thing? Oh, the other thing that I was like trying to figure out the mechanics of in the book is he's recreated this. He's created this memory about what happened to Sasuke. Yeah. Or Sasuke. I can't remember. The narrator was saying it's Sasuke. And he's created all these different versions of it. And like all the different ways it could happen. Every every single aspect. It could every what at. if. Yeah. And what we know from studying the brain is that once you've created a memory, when you think back on it, you're reinforcing the neural pathways, but you also change it. Mm. Just by looking at it again and observing it again, you change the memory itself. And we know that when like you and I could be talking about one thing we witnessed and you could say, oh, I saw this. And just because you said it, I could then change my memory to be like, oh, I saw that. Like the Mandela effect kind of. Yeah. Yeah. And so (laughs) we it's it's like even when you have technology saving those memories from you you are still, it's your brain, the one that's saving the memories and saving the differences. And every time you re-look at that and access it, you're changing it. Yeah, because he didn't, he hadn't even created the technology when he had the memory. So like he had this memory and that like, it wasn't like the tech was there and then he had the memory and the tech stored it away. It was like, he had this memory first, then the tech came and then he like input the memory into the tech, right? So there's lots of room for human error yeah i mean even if like i was just running this over and over again right as like the storage thing and i kept bringing it up there's like reviewing the file and then there's what your brain is thinking of with that memory like even just reviewing the file every time that memory gets changed Mm. certain things get reinforced certain feelings get reinforced so like something that you felt one way about when you were a kid as you get older you can feel a totally different way about if you're telling yourself a different story about what happened yeah so it's not like the memory is encased or constant yeah it literally changes every time so i was trying to reconcile that with this book being like oh they're captured in time and i'm like no <laughs> and they even say like you're plugged in you're putting in information but information is also coming out it goes both ways yeah one thing that i Again, I guess this just goes back to like, where is there room for nuance in the whole like, what is a crime thing? But I was thinking like, I mean, suicide is a crime, right? But then, so like if if the tech senses that somebody is going to kill themselves, it won't let them. But then like she was saying, all these quote unquote criminals are killing themselves because of like remorse over like what they did. And then like, what about assisted suicide? Like, (laughs) yeah. Or protest. I mean, she brings that up as an example. Yeah. We have like the Hong Kong protests going on right now, you know, like those, and even in this country, like we're allowed to gather and it's, it's literally our free speech, right. To gather and say, we are not okay with this. Yeah. You know, and, and it depends on who's in charge. Right. 
and and at least in this world it doesn't look like good people are in charge yeah so i mean it does bring up a lot to think about for sure yeah i wonder if there's i didn't look up to see if there was like a companion like questions to ask or something like that but i think there's a wealth of information in here that you could do a deep dive in about like what do you think is right? What if you were writing the code? What would you have be, you know? And I think you could have conversations with folks about that, but it's not, it's just touched on. It's not like super gone into. Yeah. Any last words? Um, no, I don't think so. I will definitely be reading the sequel because I need to resolve that ending (laughs) (laughs) and like find out what the heck happens. And hopefully the movie that comes out will be good. Yeah. Cool. Well, until next time. Book appetit. One shot, one aim, one stage, one name. There are no rules to this game, so go out with the bang. Only one spot untaught, one claim to fame. If I'm going out, I'm going.